You're listening to a podcast from Northeast Christian Church. For more information about Northeast, go to ncclex.org. Thanks for listening. Well, the uh, series we're starting is called Big Splash, and I have literally been excited about this, not just over the last few weeks as we've run up to this, but literally for even back into last year, this was a thought that I felt like God had given me through uh, part of my study time last summer, and uh, it was a thought that we had even before that, and so I've been kind of massaging this and wrestling with it, and now it is here, and I can't tell you how excited I am about the opportunity to share it with you. So I know Micah just prayed, and I just want to, you know, kind of layer up on top of that. If you would indulge me just a moment, uh, ask God to be in the midst of this. Lord, we thank you uh, for um, the blessing of knowing you and the responsibility that comes with that. Lord, will you define success for us through our study time today and through the course of this series, that we would focus on the things that are important to you, and thus I pray that they'd be important to us. We pray this in the life-changing name of Jesus. Amen. How many of you know what a cannonball is? You know, I'm not talking about that projectile that's shot from a cannon from a ship like this. You know, I'm talking about that, a can, that cannonball that when it's, when it's executed just right, creates this huge splash that can even get the lifeguard. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I mean, as a little guy, and I literally, I think last, uh, after Thanksgiving last year, is the biggest I've ever been. <laughs> I want to thank Thanksgiving and all my family members for providing that opportunity. But I was never a big guy in the sense of, I was one of the smallest guys in my you know, my class going through. So here I am, a little guy, but I love making a big splash. I love splashing people at the pool. And the cannonball was one of those ways, you know? And I probably was annoying, and it really doesn't bother me. And I'm okay with that. But one day, one of the older kids introduced me to a new way of splashing. And uh, it, was a, it was a, you know, off of the diving board, you could splash. And, and a little guy could actually get an even bigger splash. It was called the can opener. How many of you have ever heard of a can opener, right? Yeah, so you had the, you had the cannonball, which, was, which wasn't bad. It was great. But then you had the can opener, which was great. And if you're not sure what a can opener is, there's a couple examples of it. Okay, you don't have to do the backflip with it, but that's pretty cool, right? But you see how big the splash is? And this next one, look at this guy. He's thinking about it. Yep. This guy's chicken over here, but this guy. Yep. Here we go. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. A little guy right there. Big splash. Well, that's what we're talking about in the series. Not can opener, big splash. It's the title of all this series of messages. And Big Splash is a metaphor. It stands for to make a significant difference in another person's life. This might mean that you meet a need or you fix a problem or you just simply do something that blesses them. And you do something, in doing that, you are doing something that makes a huge difference, a huge impact in that person's life. Let me give you some examples of what a big splash might look like. You provide the coffee, all the coffee that they would use for one week at Lexington Rescue Mission. I don't know how much it would be. I don't know what that would cost. But you provide. That would be a big splash for a group of people who are homeless in our city. 
Or maybe you bake a cake or a pie and you take it to uh, someone's house who you've had a falling out with. Trust me, you show up with a cake and 99% of the people will welcome you in. Cake has that way, right? Or maybe you bless one of our missionary families by providing a care package with things from home that they miss. If you want to do that, we could, we could facilitate that. Or maybe you just anonymously bring donuts for the people who you work with. And they don't know who is responsible, but nobody hates it when, you know, donuts show up. At least your non-keto friends love it, right? Or how about you leave a crazy big tip for your server or a barista who you know has got some financial struggles. Or you go down and you rake the yard of that widow who lives on your street. You just show up, you rake it, and you leave. There are people in your sphere of influence that you can impact that I nor anyone else in this room will be privileged to cross paths with. That's a big splash. Now, some of you might be wondering, why is this necessary? I mean, why, do we, why would we even do that? I mean, I'm busy. I got a lot of, I got kids. I got, here's, the, here's the simple answer. God has called us to make an impact in the lives of other people. If you have your Bible, you can look at Philippians, the second chapter, verses 3 and 4. Paul writes this. He says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. What Paul is saying here is that our posture, our, the way we behave, the way we carry ourselves should be based in humility. Humility is not having an inferiority complex. Humility is the idea of not looking for public recognition or being willing to accept a lower position when you know you're deserving of something greater. I love what C.S. Lewis said about humility. He said, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking of yourself less. Humility helps each of us to see others as equally deserving of respect and honor. Paul continues, he says, not only should we be humble, but we should value others above yourselves. This isn't an appeal to adopt a low self-esteem, but instead to allow the needs of others to become more important to you. Paul points that, Paul's point here is that we should live our lives in ways that make others feel significant. He explains the way we humbly value others above ourselves is by looking out for the interest of those around us. We should show concern to others. And this will require, if we're going to do that, that we notice the needs that they have. And here's the, here's the reality of this. No matter who you are, whether you're a Christian or not, anybody can do this. That's the fact. Anybody can do this. You don't even have to have a lot of money. In fact, you could do this without any money. Let me show you what I'm talking about. On January the 26th, 2010, CNN ran a story about a little boy, a seven-year-old boy. His name is Charlie Simpson. This is a picture of Charlie. Charlie wasn't famous at the time, but he became famous 
soon after. And his lack of notoriety was not necessary for him to accomplish this big splash. You see, he made a huge splash for the people who live in the country of Haiti. Two weeks prior to CNN running this story, Haiti had a 7.0 magnitude earthquake that was followed up with a number of aftershocks. The large-scale quake caused nationwide damage and specifically was devastating to the capital city of Port-au-Prince. The Haitian official death toll was over 300,000 lives lost in this terrible tragedy. And thousands and thousands and thousands of survivors were displaced from their homes. Charlie had hoped that he could raise just 500 pounds. That's roughly about 650 U.S. dollars. He wanted to raise it and contribute it to UNICEF's Earthquake Relief Fund for Haiti. Charlie's plan was that he was going to ride his bike five miles around a local park and people would just sponsor him. He actually got a website and he posted this on his fundraising site. He said, my name is Charlie Simpson. I want to do a sponsored bike ride for Haiti because there was a big earthquake and loads of people have lost their lives. I want to make some money to buy food, water, and tents for everyone in Haiti. Well, you can imagine that once this went viral, messages started rolling in, support started to flood into the site, and seven-year-old Charlie Simpson raised more than 240,000 U.S. dollars. He's seven years old, for crying out loud. Charlie Simpson made a big splash, and he proves that anybody can make a significant difference in another person's life. If a seven-year-old can do it, I think anybody could do it. So who should we splash? If I'm going to splash somebody, I mean, when I was in in elementary school, my goal was to splash the lifeguards. I wanted them to know. I mean, they had all that power, right? They would twirl their whistle around like they were the, you know, God's gift to the swimming pool. And they would spin it the other way when it would wrap around their hand. And I just wanted them to know that I was there. And I had just this little slice of power when I would jump off the board and I would splash, hit the cannonball or the the can opener just right, and I would splash them. That was my goal. But in reality, if we're going to make a big splash, who are you going to splash? Who are the people who we should think about splashing? Well, here's the deal. The Bible gives us a number of suggestions, and I want us to look at four of them this morning. The first one is this. Splash your Christian brothers and sisters who are in need. Splash other believers who have significant needs. In Matthew, the 25th chapter, verses 31 through 40, Jesus, he unrolls this, or kind of rolls out this apocalyptic vision of what was to come. And this is what he says in Matthew 25, 31 and following. He says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. 
For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Jesus gives six different situations where he, Jesus, was in need. He said, if you did it for the least of these brothers of mine, you actually are doing it for me. So when a brother is hungry and thirsty and you're compassionate to him, you gave him food and water. Or there's another situation where a brother is without shelter and you invite him into your home. Or when there's one who is in need of clothing and you provide clothing for him. Or even in sickness, you show up and you're concerned about him by visiting him and maybe taking soup to him. Or when someone is behind bars and you go there. You lift his spirit by your visit. In short, you provided all the basic needs of human life, food, water, shelter, and companionship. There's some debate among scholars about who's this group that Jesus is talking about here that has all these needs, but most scholars believe he's referring to fellow Christians. These sheep had no recollection of when they had seen Jesus and then ministered to him in any of these situations. They couldn't, they were scratching their heads going, when did we see this? And Jesus points to their compassion for whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So here's the question. If you want to make a big splash, do you know another Christian who has a significant need that you could meet? Nobody has to know about it. It may not cost any money to meet it, but you can meet it. Well, there's another suggestion the Bible gives us, and it suggests that we splash your neighbor. Splash your neighbor. Jesus was asked by a teacher of the law which of all the commandments was the most important, and his answer that Jesus gives is two passages of Scripture from the Old Testament. The first one is found Mark 12, 29. We hear Jesus in Mark's uh, gospel. He says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And then he says in verse 33 of the same chapter, he says, The second is this, love. Now, we've been talking about this word love and the translation of the Greek word agape, which means to love unconditionally. And That's the word Jesus uses here. He says, love, or agape, your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor unconditionally, just like yourself. And then he says, there is no commandment greater than these. Jesus brings these two passages together, one scholar said, so that the love for your neighbor is a natural outgrowth of your love for God. So then you might wonder, well, who's my neighbor then? I mean, uh, is it just the guy that lives on my street? Or The Old Testament Jews define neighbor as this, one of your own people. But Jesus, in the parable of the Good Samaritan, 
he redefined the term to mean anyone that we have interaction with. That means everyone who is in your home, everyone who you meet at work, or where you buy coffee, or where you grocery shop, or in your church, or those who live near you. And because we live in this global community, it also includes people who may be from Jamaica, or Kenya, or China, or Russia, or beyond. If, you, if we are to love our neighbors as we love ourselves, we should want them to be treated the way that we want to be treated if we were in their situation. So the next question is, do you know a neighbor who has a need that you could meet? And then the Bible gives us a third suggestion. Splash your enemies. <laughs> That's crazy, right? I mean, there's an old line that the, the, the deacon is sitting in the front row, and he said, that preacher just went from preaching to meddling. Right? Well, allow me to meddle just a minute. This might stra- sound strange to you, but I want you to give a little listen to what Jesus had to say about this in Matthew, the fifth chapter in the Sermon on the Mount. Verse 43 and 44, he says, you have heard that it, is, that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love, there's that word agape again, love unconditionally. Agape your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. This may seem radical, but I want you to think about it for a few minutes. Do you know nowhere in the Old Testament does it teach hatred for one's enemies? It doesn't say that in the Old Testament law. But Jesus says, you have heard it said, love your neighbor, but hate your enemies. That didn't come from God. That came from some rabbi or some other teacher who said it. But that doesn't mean that that's what God intended. He never intended that. Now, Jesus defined our enemies as those who curse us or hate us or exploit us. And here's the important point. Since Christian love is an act of the will, and it's, just, it's not just an emotion that we have to be in the right moment to experience, then we can actually love our enemies if we choose to. We may show them love by blessing them, going and doing good to them, or maybe just praying for them. But we can show them good. We can show them a blessing. We can do a big splash in their life. Loving our enemies is a testimony to others around us. I'm not sure that there is any one thing that we could do that would make as significant an impact as to show love and kindness to our enemies. Agape love. Unconditional love. Well, they didn't do that. They didn't do this. That doesn't matter. We love them without conditions. God expects us to live on a much higher plane than the world lives, who will return evil when they experience evil. But as Christians, we're to return good for evil. That's a big splash. Jesus gave us a reset on how to treat our enemies. So I want to ask you a question. Do you have an enemy in your life who has a need that you could meet? Well, there's one last suggestion, and this is actually a two-for-one. I mean, it's one suggestion, but it comes with two possible uh, big splash opportunities, and that is splash widows and orphans. Some of you are probably familiar with James's passage at the end of chapter 1 and verse 27 where he says, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress. 
James says that caring for widows and orphans in their distress is the highest quality of religion from God's perspective. Think about that. Many widows and most orphans face daily distress. So do you know of an orphan or an orphanage that's in distress, that has a need that you can meet? Or do you know a widow or maybe a group of widows in a nursing home that you could meet a need that they have? When it comes to making a big splash, doing something that makes an impact in a person or a group of people's lives, I think there are two kind of avenues that you could go down, or what I call two methods. The first method is the personal big splash. Now, if you, if you take this step to make a big splash personally, I want to give you a couple of four specific action steps to take in order to accomplish this personal big splash. The first one is this. Action number one, pray. Pray. Just start praying that God will give you that person or person's who you need to make a big splash in his or her life. And just pray, God, show me who that person is. You pray that long enough, God will make that very clear to you. And then the second action, action number two, is be involved with people. Don't do this in, you know, in isolation. Pay attention as you're involved with others to the interests that they have. Other Christians, what are they talking about? What are their needs? Your neighbors, your, your enemies, widows, orphans, others. Pay attention to what they say and look for ways to meet needs in them. Again, it may cost you something, but it may not. Not every big splash has a dollar amount attached to it. And then action number three. Do your, and I put this in quotations, whatever. Do your Whatever. Earlier, I quoted from Matthew, the 25th chapter, verse 40, where Jesus says, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. The whatever is the big splash. And I like that word because it doesn't seem to have boundaries to it, right? Whatever. For you, you might solve this problem clear over here, but I might solve it clear over here. Whatever. Whatever you did for one of the least of these. So do your whatever. It's that thing that you will do that will make a difference in the life of a person or a group of people who you have concern for. So between now and the end of this year, December 31st, I want to put a challenge out to every one of us. Whether you call this place home or you're just here for the first time checking it out, I want to give you a challenge to make one big splash. Now, some of you are going, oh, one big splash, no big deal. I'll do that. I'll do one a week, you know. I'm like that. That's the way I'm wired. I love making big splashes. I'm going to splash everybody. In fact, I think I might splash everybody in here. Yeah. Some of you think that way. And then some of you are on the other end. This is dumb, you know. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Big splash, stupid can opener, big deal, right? I don't care what you think. I just want you to think about it, okay? I want you to think about it. You could change somebody's life. And we have ten and a half months in order to make one big splash. All right? But there's a fourth action. And this is a personal favor to me. Would you send us your big splash story? It doesn't have to be a thesis. doesn't have to be a manuscript. Just four or five lines that tell me, what was your big splash? 
Because what we want to do is use those stories and just tell them. We'll tell them in anonymity so no one knows that it was necessarily you. But we want others to be encouraged by the fact that people are making splashes all around this proverbial pool we call the world. Could you do that? If you send your big splash stories, you can send them to me at notes to Monty at nccleX.org. The, uh, the, the address is in your program today. So that first method, that first avenue that you could go down is called the personal big splash. But the second is called the northeast big splash. And this method is making a big splash by linking arms with others to make one huge splash. Imagine if we could all get around one pool, all seven or 800 of us who will be here today. We could all get around one pool and link arms, and then on the count of three, all jump in. And some of us are really big, and some of us are really little, but it wouldn't matter because all together, we'd make this huge wave. We'd make this huge wave. I think about that. The Northeast Big Splash, we wanted to do something that would get us beyond our walls, outside of us, that we wouldn't benefit from at all, except maybe we would feel good about what we did. But that wasn't the point, that we would find some involvement with some kind of organization where we could make a significant impact in the lives of a group of people who have a significant need. And so over the course of the last couple years, we've been kind of thinking about this, and we decided we were going to partner with an organization called Psalm 82.3 as they prepare to open this July a brand new orphanage in Liberia, Africa, which will house 60 orphans. And just as if God knew what he was doing, they broke ground for the orphanage yesterday. I thought, hey, thanks God, that fits in the sermon really well. Psalm 82.3 is a ministry that obviously cares for orphans, but it also works for them to be adopted into their forever family. In fact, there are six of these children who are now in their forever homes here in Lexington from Liberia and have been part of Psalm 82.3. Six, two of them in this church. So, You should have received a uh, card when you came in. It's called the Big Splash Commitment Card. And I want to encourage everyone in here just to fill out the information part on it. You may may wait and think about, what am I going to, what's my splash going to look like when I partner? Because if... If you do a splash, and you do a splash, and you do a splash, and then you do a splash, and I do a splash, and we all come together, it's going to be a big splash. And that's the purpose of this card, was to organize the big splash. Now, there are three facets of this NCC big splash. The first one is called water and waste. Let me explain these three to you. The first one, water and waste. The orphanage needs a well system and also a sewer system to support this first building. And so we divided the cost of producing or building this water system and the waste system into 400 units at $10 each. The total cost of this would be $4,000. You could do the math. $10, though, allows for everybody to be a part of this. You could buy 50 of these if you really wanted to. Oh, no, you can't because there's only... Oh, yeah, you could because there's 400. Sorry, I'm doing math in my head. (laughs) 
<laughs> they didn't teach it at Bible college, you know. That's why my wife does the checkbook. Anyway, here's the deal. Anybody could partner in, a, in this. Ten bucks. Ten bucks. You're not, you, can't, you, can, you can do more than one. You, don't, you can only do one. doesn't matter. Do what you can to be part of the big splash. The second facet is agricultural. The orphanage needs to clear part of their 50 acres to prepare it to be um, used for agricultural uses. And they'll, they'll, part of this is the development of it. Part of it is the purchase of fruit trees that they will use, other plants and livestock, some miscellaneous things. And we broke this piece uh, down to 375 units at $40 each. The total cost of this will be $15,000. And the third facet, the third facet is what we call bedding or beds. The orphanage needs to furnish the living quarters for the orphans. And what they, what they need especially is a place to sleep. This part includes a bed, a mattress, linens, and mosquito netting to protect them from malaria and a handful of other furnishings which will provide for each orphan. And we divided this up to 60 units, which is one for each orphan. And the cost of a unit is $170. The total cost of the beds is $10,200. And the grand total price tag on this big splash is $29,200. The truth is, if we leaned into it today, we could do it all today. But we got four weeks starting today because some of you... I know you need to look at your finances and you need you want to make a big splash. You can impulsively do, you know, a handful of these things and be done with it. But you need to take some time to pray about it. I want to encourage you. Link arms with me. Link arms with other Northeasters to make a big splash in Liberia. If you want to do that, you could do it today. Take your card, fill it out, go out to the big splash table out in the lobby and they'll take care of you. We're going to do all of this in the course of the next four weeks, but we're going to collect all the funds, have all of this, all of these investments in by uh, April the 14th, which is Palm Sunday. That's the Sunday before Easter. This gives us two months to get all of these event investments together. Somebody said, well, I don't have a lot. You know, the truth is this, we're not talking about the same level of gifts. We're talking about the same level of sacrifice. For you, $50 would be a huge sacrifice. For someone, $500 would not be much of a sacrifice at all. So ask yourself, what would it cost me to invest in this to make a big splash? You can invest today. They'll take your check. They'll take cash. We still take cash here. It's amazing. And, uh, but maybe you, you want to use the online link. You can go to ncclex.org slash big splash, and you can give online if you want. Here's my one hope, is that no one here feels guilty about doing this. Um, if you feel any guilt at all, just step back, okay? Just put this in your Bible, in your pocket or your purse or wherever. You don't fill it out. Don't do anything with it because that's the last thing we want. I just want people who want to say, hey, I want to be part of something bigger than myself, make a huge difference for a bunch of orphans in Africa. And we're going to do that. And I hope that all of you will be part of it. One of the things we'll be doing is giving you some periodic updates 
so you can see what the investment looks like over the course of the next several months. If we link arms together today, we're going to make a big splash. It's going to make a huge difference in the lives of these 60 kids. So the challenge is make a personal splash, just one. That's all. And write me and tell me about it. You have 10 and a half months to do it. And then secondly, join me in this big splash, the Northeast Splash. And let's make 2019 the year we splashed a bunch of people in an awesome way. It's changed lives. Let's pray together. God, your word challenges us to love others, not just by what we say, but by what we do. That love with action and truth is a powerful, powerful reality. You know, it's easy, it's easy for us to talk about doing something that makes a significant difference. It's a whole nother thing to invest in somebody's life whether it be financially or whether it be through sweat equity, whether it be exercising a gift or skill that we have. But when we do something like that, it's so meaningful. that People actually begin to understand there's something unique about us as Christians because we love them. We love them. and we, We're not getting anything in return. Oh, we might feel good about it, but the reality is, is that we do it because you call us to do it, God. And we just want people to know what we know about you and how much you love them. And in the course of that, they'll experience that. Lord, will you show us the needs of people in our lives that are desperate? Will you help us to bless Psalm 82.3? Even as they start construction and... Uh, God, we pray that you would bless them in that and that we could make a difference in the lives of these kids. Lord, you gave us your son as a sacrifice for us. You didn't hold back anything. I pray you'll help us to do the same with people in our lives and this orphanage in Africa. We ask God all of this, that it might bring glory to you, not attention to us, but glory to you. Lord, I pray that you would give people freedom today from guilt. They just feel like, man, I just feel like they're jamming me up here, trying to force me to do something. And I pray, God, they just set it aside, take a pass on this till they feel different about it. God, thank you for that. We pray this in the life-changing name of Jesus.